Snippet. The short podcast platform. Welcome to The Awakening Code, a new show from Snippet featuring conversations around the process we call awakening and living more consciously and on purpose. This week, we're thrilled to be joined by Dr. Seema Diaz to discuss raising emotional intelligence and improving interpersonal skills as a means of self-healing. We start off with a conversation about what emotional intelligence means to her. So to me, emotional intelligence is your ability to recognize and understand your emotions and also the emotions in other people. And it's then using that awareness to manage your behaviors and your relationships with other people. So it actually kind of ties into what you're talking about with using astrology or anything that helps you gain awareness Mm -hmm. to understand yourself and your emotions, even if it's something like that, if it gives you clues into how two people interact together, then it's inducing your awareness and raising your consciousness. So there's so many different tools out there that people can use to try to learn more about themselves and grow. And I'm going to talk about a lot of those tonight. The way emotional intelligence actually got discovered is because they were researchers were finding that people with high IQ were not outperforming um, people with lower IQs, higher, lower IQs. So the people um, with the highest IQs or cognitive intelligent were outperforming, outperforming those with average IQs just about 20% of the time. And people with the average IQs were outperforming those with higher IQs 70% of the time. So they were saying, hmm, how come these people with higher IQs are not doing better than these, let's say, average people? And that's what kind of threw a massive wrench in our understanding of what is um, the biggest predictor of success. And they started looking for more. Mm-hmm. And by looking for more, they, were, they researched our personalities, they researched our cognitive intelligence or IQ, and they researched our emotional intelligence. And they found that of the three Emotional intelligence is the only one that's not fixed, meaning it can change. You can practice it. You can make it grow. You can make it bigger and stronger. Where IQ and personality, they really don't change much over the course of your lifetime. So so what got you interested in that? Well, I feel like ever since I was a little girl, I was always trying to figure out the emotions around me and trying to navigate my life by tuning in on that level and trying to understand people and understand Um, how to react to certain situations in order to have the most positive outcome. And then it's a big part of psychology and it's a big part of helping people to heal themselves. So the more and more I study it, the more and more I work on it personally, the more and more I see it as a really big thing that we can help the whole world to get to a higher place and a more um, effective way of surviving their life, let's say in this world where we're all a little bit trying to figure it out day to day, because, you know, there are a lot of really crazy things happening. And the more we tune into our emotional intelligence and raise our vibration, the more the earth and the universe is going to raise up as well. I think also we're kind of in this patterned, programmed way of functioning into the negative. So people are so used to just being critical and judgmental that they don't even know how to offer anything else. So Whatever is coming up in society, people's reactions are just to put it down and shame it and say it's not good enough or find a way to judge it as wrong or bad because they're so used to that and they're stuck in that way of thinking. And if you, if you came across somebody like that in your practice that was putting down the halftime program or that had that kind of personality or that kind of energy around them, what would you say to them to get them to really take responsibility for their actions or to observe their own behaviors? 
Well, it really depend on my relationship with them and kind of how long we've been working together and how comfortable we are. Um, if I had a really good relationship with the person and they really trusted me and felt really safe, I might ask something like, so how does it serve you to view it in this light? Mm-hmm. Oh, and kind of let them look at it and, hmm, okay, so what does it say about me that I'm projecting this hatred and this blame and this judgment onto the halftime show, let's say? And what do you get out of talking about that? What does that do for you? So, so emotional intelligence is broken up into four skills. The first two skills are relating to you. So it's your self-awareness and your self-management. And this, the last two skills are relating to how you interact with other people, your social skills. So it's your social competence and your relationship management. And we can talk about what those four are, and I can give you some tools for how to grow those skills for each of them. You were talking about some of the tools that you had, and, it, and you talked about the emotional intelligence and some of the tools that you use and that you give your your students and your mm-hmm. clients, patients, yeah, and that lead into the interpersonal skills. Why don't you share those with us? Okay. So first I want to talk a little bit about why this is important. Mm-hmm. I think all of us as humans struggle emotionally because we're emotional beings. Mm-hmm. When we experience life, we have an emotional reaction, whether or not we're aware of it. So it's really important that we gain the skills to become aware of it so we can guide our behaviors and our actions in ways that are more in line with what we want for our life. So we're not taught emotional awareness in schools. It's something that hopefully we figure out on our own. And I'm here to really kind of put a voice to it and say, hey, this is really important and it's worth investing your time in. There's a ton of books on emotional intelligence and Where I got many of the tools I'm going to talk about today is from the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and that's by doctors, two doctors, Dr. Bradbury and Dr. Greaves. Mm -hmm. So you can also go into that book for your listener um, in terms of going more deeper and getting more tools than what I can give you tonight. So when we... Um, experience our emotions, they, the, the senses come in through our spinal cord and they travel through our brain and they first pass through the limbic system, where is where we experience our emotions. So that's why we have an emotional reaction first versus a rational reaction. So the information that we're processing has to go through the limbic system, then to the front of the brain where we think rationally. The more we practice emotional intelligence, the more we create neuropathways that connect the two centers of the brain so information can go back and forth more smoothly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like creating new pathways in your brain, and the more you practice them, the stronger they get. So when something happens in your life, the information can go, instead of just straight to the limbic system, it can kind of spread to both, and you can think through it, make a clear decision on how you want to proceed, and then act versus just reacting. And one of the interpersonal skills tools that I have is giving and receiving feedback. So a really good relationship is one where you can not only give really gentle and loving feedback, but also be able to receive feedback. And a lot of times we get a lot of really crappy feedback from the world. Maybe it's not said correctly. Maybe it's not said with the most gentle tone of voice. Maybe it's not even accurate and someone's just kind of projecting their junk on you. Mm -hmm. But people with strong interpersonal skills and emotional intelligence are able to not become defensive and react to the bad feedback, but to say, hmm, there's got to be something I can learn from this, regardless of who said it, regardless of how accurate it is. There's a sliver of truth that I can find and I can learn and grow. 
we get our feelings hurt sometimes. Yeah, and that's total natural human experience. Mm-hmm. And what do we do with it after that is what's most important. Because we're always going to have our feelings hurt. But what do we do with it next? Mm-hmm. Do we keep it there? Do we keep the same story about I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and let that pollute all of our future experiences? Or do we feel the emotions, turn them around and say, how can I use this to learn and grow and keep moving forward? Yeah. So what other tools do you have for us? Okay, so let's just talk about it. So mm-hmm. the first skill is self-awareness. And self-awareness is the first skill that you need to have all the other skills for emotional intelligence. They all build off of this one. And it's your ability to accurately perceive your emotions in the moment and understand your tendencies and your reactions across all situations and all people that you're relating with. It's really developing a straightforward and honest understanding of what makes you tick. So in order to do this, you have to spend some time with your emotions. You have to dedicate the time and energy to really sit with them, be okay with them, understand them, think through them, understand where they're coming from and why they're there. And people with self-awareness, they are not afraid of their emotional mistakes. Rather, they see emotional mistakes as an opportunity to get more information on what they should be doing better next time. Mm -hmm. So some tools for improving your self-awareness, the first one is to learn to feel your emotions physically. So if you can feel your emotions happening to you physically you can then self-soothe and calm yourself down before you have a reaction, which goes into the next skill of self-management, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So learning to spot the physical sensations that accompany the emotions is super important and Mm -hmm. key. And a way that you can get used to doing this is an exercise that you can do is go to a really quiet, safe space, maybe like, you know, go lay on your bed or somewhere in your room or your living room where you feel really comfortable Um, try to tune into your body, do like a body scan, feel how fast or slow your heart is beating and notice your breath. Determine if your back is tense or your neck is tense or your arm and legs and your muscles get a feel for what's going on physically. Your jaw. Your jaw. Mm -hmm. I've noticed, I've noticed that lately, my jaw clenching my teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you want to think of a couple events in your life that you can stir emotions up. So think of a really positive, happy event and feel what those emotions feel like. And then think of a very painful event. Think of it, of it in enough detail where you actually feel emotions starting to create and move around in your body. And doing this exercise helps you to clue in to what your emotions feel like, how they manifest. Some people get like sharp pains in their tummy. Other people get a headache or really tight jaw. Um, Other people get a really fast heartbeat or they start sweating Mm -hmm. or they get dry mouth. So we all have different physical symptoms that clue us into different emotions. Mm -hmm. And when you can get in tune to that, when you're in the moment, you can say you can first process the physical symptom and recognize, okay, my emotions are building here. I feel my heart rate picking up. I feel my mouth turning dry. I need to self-soothe. I need to count to 10. I need to take some deep breaths or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a great tool. One of the things that I've noticed I've started doing lately is if somebody says something that is offensive in some way, instead of immediately answering back, just stop and take a breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, stop and take a breath. There's so much to what the breath can do for us. Yeah. It shifts energy. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, and breathing is one of the tools for self-management that I'll talk about in a sec. We'll be right back for more of our conversation with Dr. Seema Diaz. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to The Awakening Code. Our conversation with Dr. Seema Diaz continues. So the next tool is know who and what pushes your buttons. So then you can kind of work ahead of yourself. If you know certain things like hitting traffic on your way to work gets you really pissed off, Mm -hmm. take other routes or get a good um, podcast on the radio, do things to troubleshoot your potential for getting really angry because you're triggered. Mm -hmm. So if you know who triggers you, you can then prepare yourself to interact with them or talk yourself into how to get through the interaction. So it's kind of giving yourself the golden nugget and saying, I know that I get triggered by you. So I can think differently around you. I can um, behave differently around you, knowing that and not fall into the same patterns of reacting, reacting and clashing. Wonderful. Um, The next one for self-awareness, the next tool is watch yourself like a hawk. So a lot of times when we're in the emotions, we don't see objectively because the information hasn't moved out of the limbic system and into the front of the brain where we think rationally. But if you can kind of get out of, out of body and become a hawk to yourself and look down on yourself and the situation that you're in, you can get a better hold of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're objective, you're able to step out from under the control of the emotions and do what needs to be done to create a positive outcome. So you want to slow yourself down, take note of the emotions that are happen, happening physically, take note of your thoughts and the bodily sensations as they're happening to you and consider what would your situation look like from an objective view. I like and, that. Become the observer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you get there, you see the whole picture, not just what's in front of you, and then you tend to react in a much more healthy way. The next skill for emotional intelligence is self-management, and this depends on your self-awareness. So the more aware you are of yourself, the more you're going to be able to manage your behaviors and your tendencies. So self-management is your ability to use your awareness of your emotions to stay flexible and direct your behavior in a positive way. This means managing your emotional reactions to situations and people. And a lot of times when we get ourselves into emotional situations, our brain almost becomes hijacked by the emotions and Mm -hmm. we want to just react in order to get out of that frozen, paralyzed place. Mm -hmm. Self-management is your ability to stay in that unknown, murky place of the emotions until the the waves settle and then make a behavior or take an action that's more rational because the emotional wave has passed. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times we don't know kind of how to get out of it unless we react. Mm-hmm. And we just want to react to move on and move forward and try, try to start kind of problem solving. Mm-hmm. But what we don't know is that when we just relax and sit with the emotion and trust ourselves, the best answer will reveal itself to us. The most rational, the most clear-headed, the most universe-supported answer will reveal itself. I think in a situation like that, a phrase that comes to mind that we could use is if you're in dialogue with somebody and you're in the emotion. And so that person's waiting for your reaction and you feel like you have to give a reaction. I think a a key phrase that we can use is, I need a minute to process that. 
Yeah, that's really good. And mm-hmm. that's showing a lot of self-respect and self-worth. And, you know, if someone doesn't respect that, it's nice to just take a little time out and say, mm-hmm. I'm going to step away for a couple minutes. Yeah, I love that. Thank yeah. you. So some tools for increasing your self-management. The first one, like you said, is breathing. So if you're like most people, we're actually taking a lot of short, shallow breaths throughout our day, and we're depriving, depriving our body from the oxygen that we need to survive and to function optimally. So this leads to poor concentration, forgetfulness, mood swings, restlessness, depression, anxiety, anxious thoughts, and a lack of energy, which is what so many people are complaining about mm-hmm. these days. Um, the next time you're in a stressful situation, take 10 deep breaths. Take a deep breath in through your nose, count one, two, three, four, and a deep breath out through your nose, count one, two, three, four. And if you can do that 10 times, you'll notice the effects immediately. You'll find yourself in a much more calm, peaceful, um, trusting place. And then you can start kind of addressing the emotions and trying to process them, move through them, and then choose a behavior that you want for the most positive outcome. Perfect. The next thing is to make your goals public. So if you're working on creating something in your life or improving something in your life, when you share it with other people, you create a sense of accountability. You're more likely to follow through. Mm -hmm. So sharing your goals with other people is one of the tools for improving your self-management. You can even ask your, the people that you share with to help hold you accountable and to help keep you on track by letting you know and giving you feedback when you're not maybe following through or sticking to your plan. Someone who's strong in their self-management can say, my emotions are telling me to put it off, Mm -hmm. but I know that for the best of my future, I need to do it now. Great advice. So the last tool for self-management improvement is visualizing yourself succeeding. Mm -hmm. So your brain doesn't know the difference between what it actually sees and in real life versus what it sees in the imagination. So if you can visualize yourself succeeding in a sticky situation, whether it be a really tough um, conversation you need, to, you need to have with someone or either or some type of performance, you start creating the neuro pathways to be successful. And then when you're in the moment, it's like you've already ran its course once and it's not the first time you're doing it to your brain. So visualization, we've heard that so many times. It's a huge part of manifesting your dreams. It's a huge part of what athletes do to be more successful. They visualize themselves making the basket before they shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, so visualizing yourself succeeding is another thing to set yourself up for good self-management. Great. All right. So the third skill for emotional te- intelligence is social awareness. So this is your ability to accurately pick up the emotions and other people happening in front of you. So it's your ability to tune out of your own mind, shut your thoughts off, and be in the moment, present, scanning, observing, and feeling the feelings of other people, and then using that awareness to then know how to interact with them. Mm. I think that's another good one. That's another good key. You're giving us really great tools here. Thank you. It's really easy to get caught up in our own emotions. Um, So to really practice watching people as you interact with them takes some skill and it takes some practice. And it's something that we're trained to do as therapists. We're trained to be able to sit with our clients and to be able to interact with them while also being in tune to the whole other reality that's happening, which is the nonverbals and the process of what they're saying and the unconscious messages that we're hearing that maybe they're less aware of, Mm -hmm. but still helping them feel very heard and listened to. So we're tuning into those two worlds 
at all times. And does body language come into play? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Body language is really what we're using here. So mm-hmm. it's it's you know how someone is standing, how how their hands are presented, and it's also tone of voice, tone infliction, tone pace. How fast are they talking? How slow are they talking? It's eye contact, mm-hmm. um, all those things. So some tools for increasing your social awareness. The first one is greet people by name. So I think um, a lot of us tend to avoid using names. um, And the more you do that, the worse it gets. I really push myself to learn all my students' names in the first week or two. And that could be a challenge with multiple different classes and, you know, a bunch of different students. But it's so important to make them feel safe and to do the work with me, Mm -hmm. to know them by their name and to call them by their name. And they tell me, God, it it made me feel so safe and so willing to share and participate in your class because you'd you'd say my name. Mm -hmm. So the one way you can get better at doing this is kind of practicing the person's name before you see them, saying it out loud. And then when you greet them, forcing yourself to use their, your, their name, excuse me. And when you do that, you focus your brain so you're actually more aware in the moment. Thank you for tuning in to The Awakening Code. Next week, we speak with Trevor Green. And we hope you'll join us then.